What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the third episode of Monologues with Marisol. Today, I'm going to take you down to memory lane and talk a bit about how I ended up here in the first place. So the first little hint I got that nursing was a good idea was the time I had an accident. After a trip to Mexico, for context, back then it was a summer, extremely hot, lots of flies. They're annoying, right? Just imagine. My aunts swat these flies, sometimes with the fly swatter, sometimes with their bare hand. And so I took that model of the bare hand I just took a napkin or two and tried to swat that fly out and back into the sky. So I'm no longer in Mexico now. I am on my own in my room. I was reading To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, So grade school, Uh, like on my way out towards junior high slash a couple years and into high school type of age. So you would think I knew better, but... Apparently not. It was one of those weak moments in life where your emotions just override and you you become reactive. So I was just reading and I heard the buzzing and buzzing of the fly. It pissed me off. It landed on the window above my bed frame and I just swat it. And of course, these glass windows back then made in who knows what year, was just so thin that I broke through it. And on went my hand, through the glass, broke the glass, shattered it to pieces. As soon as I pulled my hand out, I noticed a slit in my wrist, gushing with blood, and I immediately yelled. And my mom just came running. Her instinctual mama mindset was, let's put some pressure on that to stop the bleeding. So one thing is learning medicine and trying to do the best for other patients outside of your family. But hey, if you're in medicine and a family member gets injured, sometimes things go out the window. For example, when I've been doing triage cause and I'm trying to help a patient do like CPR for their loved one, we have those that would freeze and are unable to do it. And we have others who successfully perform at the onset of stress and fear and anxiety. Ring, ring, you're getting a phone call. Back to the story. Fast forward, I'm in the emergency department and uh, they took an x-ray of my wrist and the doctor's sewing me up. There was this nurse who claimed that she knew Spanish, but I was getting upset because she was not pronouncing things right. She was just messing up what I thought was his syntax, what he was trying to say. So I'm the one interpreting in pain. And I could just imagine my mom just waiting, watching me. I'm not watching the wound site. I am terrified. I don't even want to see. I can withstand the thought and even watching in person, open heart, nerves, veins, arteries, But when it came to myself, that was not a learning experience for me to shadow and see. No, thank you. So I'd rather pass that up. It wasn't until later that I grew some love for operating room nursing, but definitely not at this point in time. So it's about to be Mother's Day. Why do you appreciate your mom so much? 
So back to my mom, this is one instance in which she was there for me and just totally saved my life. I was a nervous wreck. I was definitely not going to hold pressure on that wound. Instead, she did it for me and for the duration until the ambulance arrived. Gracias, mamá. And the reason I say this incident has something to do with my applying to nursing school is the fact that there's this language barrier, right? And we need to bridge the gap as bilingual clinicians. Bridge the gap and you're just an extra resource for those patients who are Latino and speak Spanish. This is your reminder that if you see something that you do not like, change it. As a proud Mexican-American, I have a huge heart for my Latinos. Mexico ceded 55% of its territory. Historically, this includes Arizona, California, New Mexico, Texas, Colorado, Nevada, and Utah. As a child, I recall my parents being told phrases like, well, just learn the language, just learn English. Well, said and done, but in the process, it wasn't that simple. You know what was simple? Immigrating and becoming a citizen. <laughs> I'm joking. But uh, that, you know, that eventually happened um, in terms of speaking the language. But hey, right now, if I hear people speaking in Spanish, I love that. Culture stays. But culture will only stay if it is your maxim, if it's important to you. If you're a Mexican-American like me, or if you've got parents who were born in a Latin American country, by all means, I encourage you to keep the culture. The point of that story, ladies and gentlemen, is to bridge the language barrier. As a bilingual nurse clinician, I am proud to reach the Spanish-speaking population to teach them lifestyle changes, teach about their medications, diagnoses, and treatments just as well as I do with my English-speaking patients. And it doesn't stop there. Because we are a country of immigrants, there is no excuse as to why you shouldn't be able to communicate with your fellow human being. Here's a challenge. What if you did something this month that embraced the culture of another? Oh my goodness. My mother loves going to Greek festivals, especially to watch the Greek dances. And I love going particularly for the baklava, that Greek rendition of Turkish influence. Mm, can't get enough. Wait, aren't you all about promoting longevity, health, and wellness? Yes, but you know what? I understand that life is short and we need to indulge in these guilty pleasures once in a while. It's okay. So today I've kind of been an open book with you guys and you know what? I want to do that with my audience because being vulnerable is how you can learn the most, both learn more about yourself and have others sort of learn better through this storytelling. So today we touched on a background of mine and one of the influences that got me into nursing, which was bridging the gap of language barrier. And, you know, we touched on how brave you have to be to quickly act and not let fear or stress paralyze you, especially when it comes to your loved one. You have to do your best to focus and do what's best for that person, whether it's 
an elderly, middle-aged adult, child, infant, take a course that will give you the capacity to be more confident in light of these situations. If you've never taken a CPR slash first aid class before, check out nhcps.com forward slash Enfermera Marisol. They will get you certified for free. Act now. Your Spanish word for the day is Enfermera. That means nurse in Spanish. Link in description below. If you need help with spelling, I got you. Don't worry. So do what you can now to get involved and give someone else the potential opportunity to be with us again. You're listening to Monologues with Marisol. Monologues with Marisol. Now, back to your host, Marisol Uribe. And today's health tip is to watch your mental hygiene. One way to keep up with sanity and just good mental clarity is to write down your thoughts. When you say you're going to do something, keeping accountable to your word really lifts your spirits. Imagine you begin a to-do list at the beginning of your day and you write five tasks. As you cross out each task, your day can exponentially feel better. Why? Because you're being accomplished. You are staying true to your word because when you break your word, not only do you have the tendency to do it again and again, but you forgive the task in other people as well. So say you're a parent and you're trying to school your kids. Isn't a better example to be true to your word, be honest and truthful instead of just lying to yourself that you do something and just postpone it, postpone it, postpone it. You would feel much better doing what you say you were going to do than not. Take punctuality, for example. If you book a cycling class, you expect it to start at the 3 p.m. slot that you booked it for. You didn't expect it to begin at 3.25 or 4 because other people rely on other people's schedules. You have other things to do. You've got places to go, things to do. Punctuality and driving are two huge examples as to why you need to be true to your word. So if you're punctual for your first and second meeting, you won't be late to your third. If you're driving, you're obeying the traffic laws, you're stopping at the red light, you're not expecting people to go and treat a red light as a green light, right? So that prevents accidents. So do your part in the world to make sure it keeps running smoothly. Well, likewise, do your part in terms of keeping up with your health to make sure your organs run smoothly. So think of something today that you can do that's simple, that you may have been procrastinating on that can improve your health. This can be drinking more water, uh, getting up to the restroom sooner rather than later, and not denying that signal that your brain is telling you that your bladder is full and that you should empty it. Now that simple example of going to the restroom on time is crucial because it can, inf- it can prevent UTIs. You can prevent infections that way. 
And UTIs, they can lead to not only discomfort when you urinate, but this infection that, if neglected, can even lead to the bloodstream and cause sepsis. So I see this a lot in my elderly patients. They come out from the hospital due to that condition. We have to you know, remind them again, well, hey, let's train your bladder. Let's get up every two hours to begin with because you may or may not be used to the sensation or that action, that simple action of going to the restroom when you need to. And so on you could do with your food regimen, you know, not only your urine and bowel regimens, but uh, just having a schedule and sticking to it. For example, back to the food. Hey, if you're used to fasting like I am, if you schedule it, you put it in your calendar, it's more likely to happen. So set up your dinner dates. Oh, if you're going to hang out with a nurse on here, yeah, we're going to talk about what comes in and what comes out. Recall Chadwick Boseman, the actor that played the Black Panther. He died from colorectal cancer at the age of 43. And speaking of screening for this type of cancer, it's usually recommended by the American Cancer Society uh, beginning age 45. So get screened and it could be as simple as a stool-based test where you defecate and you just send that sample to the lab. You know, any positive result of a non-colonoscopy screening should be followed up with a timely colonoscopy, that visual test. You know who has the best GI function are babies and newborns. They just go right after every feed. And we stop doing that as we get older. But you know, the best thing to treat constipation is this trifecta. Increase your fluids, increase your activity, and increase your fiber intake. So that wraps it up for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please share this to two other people as a way to support the podcast. And follow me on Instagram at Enfermera Marisol to direct message me some topic requests. Thanks. Thank you.